What's going on, y'all? I'm TJ, and this is the HBCU Creative Cohort. Let's do it. Okay. All right, how you doing, sir? What's going on? Hey, man, I'm good. You ain't got to call me sir, man. Damn. <laughs> God damn, man. I'm joking, I'm joking. Southern hospitality, my bad, my bad. But uh, to get the interview started, uh, who is Mr. Hank? Uh, it's me, and um, I am him. And um, I'm a producer, songwriter out of Atlanta, East Atlanta to be exact. And, uh, East Atlanta? Yeah, yeah, you know, I went to uh, Matinair High School and Tennis Southern University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So now I'm here, and yeah. What you got? You guys making uh, great music, you know, great ratchet music. Yeah. Yes. 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 So, well, how did you get started? Um, I actually got started at my HBCU, man. Um, honestly, I was a um, I played in the band at the Human Jukebox, Southern University, and um, a couple of my buddies. We was uh, I used to DJ as well, throw parties. So, um, I did all the music for like the the Greeks. For all the step shows that was actually fun because they would come to the room and try to get secrets on with the other step shows. <laughs> but I stayed, I stayed solid. I never read it, but um, um, yeah. So yeah, basically, um, I would be you know in the dorm room doing dorm room activities with the homies. We'd be freestyling, and uh, I just started making beats um, just for those purposes only. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Being from Atlanta myself, like. Southside. Okay. Southside. Yeah. South but anyway, uh, knowing like the base, uh, being from uh, Atlanta myself, uh, knowing that like the base culture like play play like a vital role in like the culture and the history of like the music in itself. Mm -hmm. And I noticed like you sample like a lot of the base music. Like, do were you heavily influenced by that? Nah, not really, man. Um, I just started sampling maybe about last four or five years. Before then, I did like. It was a lot, really like a lot of trap influence. So, you know, me being from here, you know, um, catching the last part of Freak Nick and all that during those times. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great festival. Some of y'all was probably conceived during that, but okay. Uh, that's another conversation. Um, yeah, but just, you know, the DJ, you know, that bass culture, you know, because, you know, Atlanta, you got Miami. It really, a lot of it came from Miami. So Atlanta's like a, a melting pot. You know what I'm saying? We everybody comes here and we kinda make it our own. So, you know, the bass culture has been going on in Miami for years, but then it kinda came to Atlanta and turned into like people like Kilo mm -hmm. and then uh, songs like My Boo was created. You know what I'm saying? Sing like, my way. You know, see, yeah, see, you might yeah, you might have been around during that time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh uh people like Raheem the Dream and uh, and then that the tempo kind of slowed down, and then it came into like a more like a, a yin yang twins, Lil John, get low type thing. Right. Now they were really the same songs; they were just a little bit slower. Right. And so now you got what you got going on. Now it's a lot slower than that. It's almost half the time of that. So 
it's like when I do Twerkulated by the City Girls or, or um, Good Love with City Girls and Usher, it's literally the same thing. Okay. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah it, is. it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's all of it is. It's all through us in the South, man. Even like people like Outkast, you know, as as lyrical they are, they they know what it is. You know, they did the song "Bonds of a Bad Dad." Shout you know, out to the Dungeon family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shout out to the Dungeon. You know, uh, they right around the corner from here. Matter of fact. Um, you know, so yeah, all of that, man. Uh, being from here, you know, um, it's a huge New York influence. It's a huge West Coast influence. You know, and we all make it Atlanta some kind of way. All right, not so much Southern though. Hmm? Still, sure. And it's still it's still Southern, you know what I'm saying? But you know, it's like you can see the influence in Atlanta all throughout the world now, because even in music, uh, take Chicago artists, they sound like they're from here. Um, because yeah. back in the day, Chicago artists sounded like old Kanye and Common, yeah, yeah, rappers. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Even Lupe, the New York rappers, Lupe you know, and all that. You know, they wasn't using a lot of heavy 808s and that kind of stuff. You know, they call it drill now, but it's really knockoff Atlanta sound <laughs> stuff. Uh, and it's, it's it's cool, you know. Whatever it works, it works. You know, whatever works. You know, but you know, we all know where it came from, and um, I think that's a, a beautiful time we're in right now. Gotcha. That really had nothing to do with what you were talking about, but I just kind of went there. Gotcha. Yeah. We like that transparency. <laughs> we love so, dialogue. since we're talking about where we from, me being a Southern Belle from Memphis, Tennessee, okay. I got to ask about my girl that's on the rise right now, Glow. We are so proud of her back home. Oh, yeah. So, if you haven't worked with her, do you plan on it in the future? If so, what's something you like about her rapping style? What makes her unique? So, yeah, I'm um, supposed to be working with her, uh, talking with her management, but, you know, okay. she started taking off. I got stuff going on too so mm-hmm. when those trains collide it's gonna be beautiful um but i think it's dope um because she represents like more women than the quote-unquote nikki's and cardi's do you know I more agree. women can identify with glorilla than they yeah. can the other ones definitely because mm-hmm. she just her you yeah know? And everybody got a homegirl like Glorilla. Like, she just. For sure. Got plenty. She just her. You know yeah. what I'm saying? She ain't trying to. Be nobody else. Yeah, she ain't trying to be nobody else. She got a deep voice. Mm-hmm. She like to get peed. No, that's somebody else like get peed on. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not the Memphis Bells. No. Oh, yeah. I'm, my bad. My Listen, bad. I, I hear what you're saying. Glor- quote, Glorilla quote. She said, left my last nigga and stopped with his big homie. Like, that's Glow. Yeah. You feel me? So you gotta respect that because we all we we all been there. We get it. You know mm-hmm. we we know the vibe. So I think I think the sky's the limit for her. I love that. I'm tall. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so my next question for you would be, um, what would you say are your? You know we gotta throw some. Make you be like, ugh. So what are your three top artists or inspirations? Um, I don't really get inspired by artists though. Like. Uh, like she'll tell you, like I'll be outside. I get I get okay. inspired by the city and just being outside, going to Jr. Crickets or something like that, or or going to my other office at Magic City on okay. Monday. You know, oh, um, yeah, go to the office. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, just you know, just outside kicking it. You know, you you get the 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 city will tell you or the the world will tell you what it what it needs. 
Mm. You know, a lot of times artists or producers try to fit into a box, but sometimes it's just screaming like, hey, man, we need a song called Twerkulator, or we need a song called Walk Around the Club, Fuck Everybody, or we need a Wobble, Wobble, <laughs> Baby, Wobble. Like, we just need, you see it, we need the right. vibe. Yeah, so that's my biggest inspiration is people. Gotcha. Okay. What would you say is, like, some of the pros of the new generation music right now rather than, like, the old generation music? So, <laughs> this is funny. Like, um, a lot of times you hear older people, like, complaining about new stuff. They complain all about time. the new clubs and all this <laughs> stuff. And to me, it's not really a difference. Like, my mom would tell you all the time when she was y'all age, people complained about what they were listening to. Mm-hmm. But, and it's like a pattern. Yeah, it's like yeah, a pattern. Yeah, yeah. It's a pattern. So, you know, me personally, I don't think nobody 35 and up should care about what people 18 are doing. <laughs> I agree. It's a new generation. Because you got to think about it. When I was 18, when the nigga told me he was 21, I was like, damn, are you still alive? Like, you're <laughs> yeah. old. If you told me you was 30, mm-hmm. like, I just couldn't. Album that you know, like mm-hmm. you thirty, you trying to tell me was cool, like no, nah, bro, you somebody's dad, like right. you know, <laughs> stay over there type thing. So I think, and like I say, everybody's entitled to a, their opinion, um, but I don't see a problem with the state of music. I don't see a problem with the state of R and B, of clubs or nothing, because it's you gotta understand it's meant. Certain things are meant for certain people, Absolutely. certain age groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I see people. You know, they like 43, 44. They were like, man, the clubs ain't the same. Like, you've been doing this since you were 18. Yeah. Right. You can't go to your favorite restaurant that long and still like it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. At some point, you got to. It's going to become predictable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the cook going to switch. Right. The cook goes, yeah. Right. It's like, right. so it's time for you to grow yeah. as a person, as a DJ. If you're not mm-hmm. feeling the vibes or the, the what's going on. You might not you might not be the hot DJ no more. You might need to go to the old folks club and and spend on the crows nest or something like that. That's <laughs> and it's it's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I love it. I would say, um, what's one of the biggest challenges you face so far? Um, like what I just talked about, um, because the world is always changing. I mean, look at what's going on now, like Fifteen years ago, 10, 10 years ago, people didn't know what podcasts were. Yeah, that's very true. And yes. now <laughs> you got podcasts; it's it's taking over the, the normal yes. news cycle. Yeah, yes. you know this whole podcast could turn around and be bigger than the Breakfast Club in six months. Yep. You see what I'm saying? You know, so it's you know I think that's the biggest hurdle you run into running into people that you've built rapport with over the years and they haven't necessarily adapted to the new things that's going on yeah yeah you know so I agree. yeah and then you're going to find that's always going to be a thing so as a producer in this industry and you have grown and expanded upon your journey so what do you feel you would advise incoming artists about in this music industry personally um that's a great question actually um this is gonna sound real funny, but it's it's the truth. Like like learn to listen, because like one of the downfalls to all the technology is we've grown in our culture. We're the only culture that like we think we know more than the people who actually certified to do stuff. 
because we've seen some on YouTube or or yeah. the like, internet like or good like told us something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. TikTok. <laughs> we watched a bunch of tutorials and now we got this thing. We know it. We know everything. <laughs> you know, and um, I think that's one of the the major downfalls because part of success is collaboration. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like if you do if you do an album. You write it, you produce it, you did your own artwork, you shot your own video, you styled yourself, you cut your hair, you, <laughs> you market your own stuff, this and that, and third. And then you wonder why don't nobody care right. when it come out. You did everything. You did everything yourself. You didn't include nobody. You, include nobody. you baked this cake all by yourself with your own input. So some people might think it's nasty. They just might think it's wet. And that's really what ends up happening 90% of the time. Right. So... I think that's the biggest, you know, thing that you see. Um, and um, my mom told me this thing, and it pissed me off when she told me one time, because it was towards me, because I had learned some shit. I was young, and she was like, mm, "A little learn- learning is a dangerous thing." I was like, "What you mean?" <laughs> but I had learned like ten percent of what I was supposed to be learning. I thought I just knew the whole shit. Right. And that's what really goes on now. Mm. Like the development. Yeah. Develop. They might learn good. one good aspect of it, and now, you know, they know everything. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Can't nobody tell you nothing. Yeah, you got to be open to it. I mean, this thing is always changing. I mean, even this equipment, it's going to change in six months to a year. They're going to come out with something else that can record everybody mm-hmm. if they don't already have it out. You know what I'm saying? So, you always this thing is always changing. I have a question. Hmm? Um, being that music is a business, being that music is a business, and you are a businessman because your career is your business, can you give us some, I guess, advice on how that goes or what you should do with money? Like we do, we talk about financial literacy here. We talk mm-hmm. about um, being an entrepreneur and things like that. So, is there anything that you can tell them on the business side? Yes. So, piggyback on what I just said. Um, hire professional people to do your business with you. Um, a lot of times I meet artists or people who own labels or whatever, and they say, man, I got a lawyer. I'm like, cool, who's your lawyer? They tell me. I was like, so are they an entertainment lawyer? Like, no, he do, you know, he chase ambulances for a living. <laughs> um, and for, for it sounds funny, but I've seen it. Just, so it's different practices, things that might not make sense in music or entertainment that actually make sense in other worlds, but vice versa. You know, that's why they have entertainment lawyers. That's why they have family lawyers. Family lawyers. That's why they have the, you know, criminal like. But for some reason, because, like I said, we live in this DIY society or you know culture mm-hmm. you know we're gonna do everything ourselves we're gonna read the contract ourselves but you know what's crazy it's like i see people all the time saying man you know i'm gonna make them m's i'm gonna blow up but you gotta understand to make m's you gotta invest thousands mm-hmm. yes to, to get the billions you gotta you gotta that's what it takes, you know what I'm saying? Make money to take money. You yeah. Make money, make money. And a lot of times these contracts, 
if you got a, a decent lawyer, if it's a one or two page contract, they might charge you five hundred dollars. And people say, "Oh my gosh, I'm not paying that." And then if you're lucky, a bless for a song to blow up. And then next thing you know, man, so and so they they robbed me. No, you robbed yourself. Yeah. You you cheated yourself out of two three million dollars because you ain't want to pay five hundred to fifteen hundred dollars yeah. to have somebody to look over your contract mm-hmm. and negotiate right. on your behalf. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, then you get on Unsung or a podcast and say <laughs> somebody robbed you. It's like, <laughs> no, they're going to throw it out there and you, you know, they say, man, I read over it. I'm like, what? <laughs> Do you even know what any of this means? It's a 30-page right. contract. Right. Right. Yeah, when it comes to that, like that sense, like when it comes to sense like that, like you said, when the artist going Unsung, I don't feel like sorry for those type of artists. Like, I do feel like sorry for like the teenage artists like, uh, 702, like, I remember watching that unsung and like Irish, she said, uh, she went from having $200,000 quote unquote in her uh, bank account to working at a hotel. So like, yeah, so it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and that's the other part. People don't understand. Like they think when like they say you got a $2 million deal, right? That deal, that don't mean they give you $2 million to right. put in your right. pocket. I mean that. Teach. Yeah, that's where you to put your project right. out to market your project, right. hire your producers, whatever mm-hmm. you want to do, yeah. video, all that. And what people don't understand, the term recoupable means that money has to be paid back before you make a dime. Right. Mm. Left, I tried to tell y'all on that behind the scenes, behind the music. What? <laughs> It's not a bad thing, though. Like, if you understand the business, it's just like getting a loan from a bank. You know what I'm saying? Because you're an investment, basically. You're an investment. They're taking the risk on you. Exactly. And the other part, people don't understand. You know, I hear it's so many myths and things. You know, you're like, I don't want to be signed to a label. They They take this. They take that. I was like, bro, they got the connections. They got way more money than you. So if they say we want to put you in a 360 deal, that actually gives you more of an incentive for them to actually make sure you're a success. Okay, I got because a question. Because the more you're successful, mm-hmm. the more money we all can make. It's like all of us sitting at the table. This mm-hmm. is a perfect way to do a 360 deal, right? You're head of marketing, you're over radio, you're over social media, you're over brand deals, y'all over something else. And you say you want 10%. So I say, okay, cool. What are you over radio? Movies, whatever. Okay. <laughs> so I say, cool. Y'all about to sign me. Great. Well, I want to be in. What's a hot show out right now? Show. BMF. Yeah. BMF. Yeah. Power. Sisters. BMF. I want to be a BMF, right? I want to be. I want to start my acting career. It's like, all right, we want a piece of it. Cool. But I need to be in BMF ASAP. You can actually, if you got the right lawyer, put that in your contract. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. If they, that's true. Yeah, it's true. That's what I'm saying. So it's it's literally about you knowing what you wear. So you're you're y'all female. So y'all like hair products and stuff now. So you getting ready to get signed? You say, what's your favorite hair product? If you're smart, you're like, okay, I want y'all to reach out to this hair people, give me a hair endorsement. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. 
Smart, real smart. Yeah. All the way I'm signing this if y'all do this. Right. I need yeah. this. I need this. If we go eat, we go eat. Right, right. You can't just think because this is what they're offering that's only on the table. It's all kind of stuff back in them cabinets y'all don't know nothing about. Right. Right. But you got the right person. It ain't it ain't always what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay, well, um, my question is, how do you feel about, so we're talking about labels, right? Mm -hmm. How do you feel about independent labels? Independent labels are great unless you have, what people don't understand about independence is, that means what it says, independence. Right. That means you're responsible for everything. everything. Yeah. So if your radio promotion budget, if you, if it takes on the low end, 125000 to run your record up through radio promotion to promote your radio, through record on radio. That means that comes out of your pocket. Right. What if people want, like, distribution deals, though? That's cool, too. I mean, but that's still, mm -hmm. most distribution labels, like, take Empire, for instance, right? Everybody wants to run the Empire. But they're only going to react if something's reacting. Meaning you still have to put your money up to get to a certain level. For them to even care. Because they sign artists all day. It don't right. cost them nothing to give you a distribution deal. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Because, like, a lot of people don't know Aaliyah was independently signed. Like, Blackground, that's an independent uh, that's an independent uh, yeah. record label. Right. But they had, like, distribution deal, um Atlantic, uh, Jive, and Virgin. But now they distributed it through Empire. That's how the music got re-released mm -hmm. or whatever. But, yeah, like, they was putting that money up themselves. Like... Mm -hmm. It take money to make money like that. That's the money, money, money. That's it. That's it. And it's 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 nothing wrong with you know, if you go to an institution. The the key is if you go to a, a label, it's just to have some some leverage, to be buzzing. Which like he said, go back TJ. You got to spend some money. Yeah, that's true. What if what if it's like you know hopping on. With views and stuff, like <laughs> rather YouTube. than like you know people putting money into it, like just naturally get views. You know how many you know how many things go viral. The reason why they call it viral is it's literally like a virus. It spreads quickly and it dies quickly too. So like when you have a virus, yeah, like when you have a, a stomach virus or stuff, it maybe lasts twenty four hours. It's to turn viral. It's hot for the moment. I like that analogy. It okay. spreads everywhere, but it don't last it don't long. Last. Got it. So basically, you're saying that you have to put money to it. At That's some point, saying. yes. At some point, um, you could do like a homegirl, Glorilla. They said she struck a deal with uh, Spiritual Word or mm -hmm. whatever, and they put the song out. You know, print split through their um through their blog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. It, or have DJs like that's why you got to get close with DJs because like they can like always play your songs, clubs, parties, stuff like that keep you relevant too. But you got to have it too though. Like it, it comes with a package. You got to have that package too. Now like you can't just yeah I can be the DJ, but I ain't gonna pay, play it if it's whack. Like right. that part. And and honestly too, like I think that's one of the other misconceptions right now because of social media. We think a lot of things go viral. And they might not be translating in real life, like you said, the DJs. Mm -hmm. The DJs still the most important things in the in the music industry. DJs and radio are still the most important thing. Because think about this: everybody loves cars. Whatever car come with, radio. Radio. 
They don't come with phones. They all come with radio. They don't come with Instagram. So nine times out of ten, when you get ready to go in your car, and you got to run across town to do this and that third, you just cut your car on whatever's on the radio was on the radio. Yeah. Your Bluetooth yeah. might not connect, whatever. You just like, man, the whatever. Radio <laughs> playing on yeah, that. the radio rolling. Your phone died. You radio still on. Radio mm-hmm. still on. No matter mm-hmm. You know, so those things will never go out of style. But there have been some instances to where, you know, records caught on online, but they still had, like he said, they still had to translate in real life. So was being a producer your first career choice? And then at what point did you feel like you were valid? Mm-mm. I was um, when I was at Southern. I was going to be a um, band director, like a high school band director, because I played in the band, and that's how I met Miss. Um, oh, you. <laughs> um, that's how I met her through a mutual friend of ours um, that was the um, band director at Mays. Mm-hmm. So I was just you know doing sort of like student teaching at that time, and um, literally around that time, me being from here, a lot of my buddies started you know popping. Um, people like Baby D from Oomp Camp, he went to um same school, uh, Gucci Man, uh, Yin Yang Twins, like, the list goes on. Young Jock, a lot of us, you know, saw each other, you know, come up type thing. So, um, just kicking it one day, and um, dude was like, hey, man, let me, uh, we like them beats. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Um. He's like, man, I want to buy them for, like, a project. I was like, all right, cool. And um, I didn't know that people really got paid for it at the time, mm-hmm. you know. So I didn't know, like, minimum wage was, like, 2500 a beat at that time for somebody who had never done nothing before. So they bought the whole CD, you know. I was like, well, damn. And then I um, linked up with, um, because of Yin Yang and my partner for school, um, I linked up with College Park Music. And, like, all this stuff is, like, happening within, like, three, four months. And um, he was like, man, Jeezy looking for something for his album. I was like, all right, cool. We got in the studio, did it. Jeezy loved it. And Hurricane Chris came about. Uh, signed Hurricane Chris. And then about a month and a half later, uh, this dude named DeAndre Wade, also known as Soldier Boy, came. <laughs> and um, that's what it was. And uh, shout out to Miss Davis, who got him here today at yeah. this interview. We love your connections, ma'am. I had to do this for my community service. That's all. Uh, <laughs> I'm on probation. No, I'm joking. I'm so joking. Okay. Well, I had a dance team. Well, I was over the dance team when he was helping with the band. So that's how we all connected. So, yeah. Okay. Quick question for you, Mr. Yankee. Uh, speaking Mr. on behalf of Mr. Yankee, I'm so sorry. It's the Memphis in her. I'm sorry, it's the, I know, we flip a lot. Memphis, I know. Um, my question would be, like, uh, do you somehow still have a love, like, for teaching band? If so, like, do you ever go to Southern, like, get back to other bands or contribute here? Yeah, I get back to Southern all the time. Okay. Um, it's it's kind of hard to do it with um, high school bands because um, th- some of the directors aren't there, mm-hmm. you know. And then, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on with kids when you're dealing with high schools and stuff. So it's just a lot of red tape with there. But, you know, I, I work with the staff a lot um, at Southern um, and also work with the company that does the um, National Battle of the Bands in Houston. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. Love that. HBCU H-Town. love. H-Town. 
Okay, so just to piggyback off your question, Christy, I just wanted to ask, do you feel obligated to give back? Because I know how some people think, and I just want to pick your brain a little bit. Yeah, I, I think you, you got to. Like, I wish I had a me when I was y'all, you know, first starting off. Uh, the game that changed so much to where, like, uh, when when you was trying to get in, mm-hmm. you would be around, like, all the old dudes that was doing it for years and stuff, and they wouldn't tell you shit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? To each his own. It's like, <laughs> oh, you just. Right. Mm. Well, no, it was just, it, you know, I get it because it was. Everything can't be handed to you. Yeah, it was just a different mentality than gotcha. it is now. You know what I'm saying? Like, they mm. really wanted to see if you had it. Thank you for it. And really, yeah, they really wanted to make sure you was who you was. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, but they weren't going to just let you fall. But nowadays, I feel the stakes are higher. Mm-hmm. So, yes, like, with all that's going on in the world with the the racial injustices and all that stuff we ain't got time for that mm-hmm. you know everybody needs to be empowered right now to know what they need you know because a lot of times that's how artists got taken advantage of because people outside the culture mm-hmm. that might have worked for a label comes swoop right in and tell you whatever and you really are unsung you know you 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 bad bad yeah yeah, yeah. So, yes, giving back is um, is is not a, a choice. Like once you reach a certain level, you got to do it. Right. Yeah. So as you transition, what ways have you remained authentic within yourself? So as you rise in your journey, mm-hmm. as you transition rise in what you do and you encounter so many obstacles because every devil every level has a new devil so how do you feel that you've remained authentic in who you are and what you are working with um hmm. i don't know i don't even know i don't even know if that's really possible to remain authentic because at some point you're going to have to change you're going to have to evolve um, and sometimes that means leaving behind an old version of yourself mm. or what you knew. You know what I'm saying? So, mm. um, yeah, I still, you know, I'm still me, but it's a whole different version of me to where, you know, the things I did 10 years ago, I ain't doing, you know. Yeah. The things I'm going for, there's certain things I ain't doing, you know. So uh, the best way to do that is just remember why you started to do certain things, you know. Cause you're not gonna be you're not gonna be lit and turned up to to do this shit every day. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Look, yeah. Kim did. She did an interview. <clears throat> excuse me. She did an interview. She said I was hardcore in '96 when I was 17, 18. I'm a mama now. I'm in my 40s. I ain't gonna be hardcore all my life. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like even like as you know, Trina. Yeah, exactly. Like even you know, um, as you see the the evolution of the city girls. You know, yeah. the last couple of songs, I, I'm, I'm not taking it, but, uh, credit for it, but uh, Twerkulator was still them, you know, but it was a little bit more commercial than we came with Good Love or Usher. And now it's like, you know, you see them turning into, like, grown women. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Evolving. And they still, they still them. Yeah. You know, they still, you know, talking their stuff, but it's grown, you know, they're doing, she got a whole other podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you just see, you see the evolution. You yeah, see that interview JT just did, like talking about uh, Lil Uzi and her relationship and stuff like that. Like 
She like not a city girl no more. Like. Right. I mean, because it's all, like, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, what's that act up song? You know, uh-huh. you know, but that was them younger. So tighten up too. Yeah. Tighten up too. <laughs> you got a real city boy in the building. You know what I mean? But nah, I don't, it's, it's, it's like that type of, um, you know, just the evolution, man. Like all of us, like even Future, you know, he's still making his song, but he, you know, Fall in love with me, and I'll wait for you, and you I'm know, love. yeah, it's it's after a while, like, yeah, it's only it's only so long you can still be a savage twenty four seven. Like you ain't tired of being the savage. <laughs> well, Mister Hanky, I want to appreciate you for dropping by the HBCU cohort. Well, I'm TJ Y'all, and it's been, been a good one. Oh, my bad, my bad. Okay, with me being um, an aspiring singer and artist, like, what are some gems you can leave, you know, for my generation? Because as you stated, you know, it was different when you came about. So what's some positivity, you know, some hardcore feedback that you can give? <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. No, I'm joking. Now, if you go do it, and I tell you, I'm joking, but I'm serious. If you go do it, you got to do it. You got to go all the way in. Because when I first started, there was no Spotify all that like mm-hmm. you could the, the ability to do it there weren't that many artists out you know because you had to have a certain level of money you couldn't record at home you had to go pay a producer fifteen twenty thousand dollars a beat to mm-hmm. where as you got you know people doing stuff on the internet just for free yeah. now until you figure it out um fruity loops had just come out you know you had to have the mpc you had to have the big $3,500 keyboard, you had to have a real studio, like, it was it was a lot, okay? Mm-hmm. But today, what people don't realize, every day there's over 100,000 songs come out. 100,000 100, new mm-hmm. songs out every day. That's a lot of music. So, that's why people, when, when, when your song goes platinum or, or they achieve certain things, it's truly a blessing because there's so many it's so many things that has to happen for your song to to, to yeah to cut through yeah yeah and all of it ain't bad music right right that's the thing about it there's actually a lot of good music it's just so much so it's just about who's going to market themselves and stand out the most and if I was you as a singer I would do like they used to do back in the day like I would just go sing on hooks for every rapper that's out. I wouldn't care about none of that. I would just go do it. Go for it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It ain't different. It ain't different. That's what you got to understand. Okay. Perfect example of how you beat the system. Take Gucci Man for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Gucci was signed to Big Cat and a couple of another label what he would do was and a lot of artists do this now like they'll sign a deal with somebody and they say okay you owe me five albums cool where the money cool they will literally go to the studio and do five albums mm-hmm. go knock it out <coughs> here go turn in a hundred two hundred songs you like everything cool we done here go all the albums cool next deal what's next 
you gotta have that kind of work ethic to stand out. Gotcha. A lot of times people do one song, they're like, man, this ain't hard. And they ride around it for the next 12 months, like, boy, I wait till this come out. You know, and then 12 years pass and still, where was that? <laughs> still ain't came out. So, yeah, and it's, it's, it's more of, of being a, um, you know, just working the algorithm. That's it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll go first since I'm at the mic. Um, I'm Chrissy from the illustrious Clark Atlanta University. I'm a graduating senior. I'll be walking in May. And you already know I'm a Southern Belle from Memphis. So. TJ, Mr. Morris Brown himself. I'm Nasia. I'm a freshman at Clark. I'm a criminal justice major. Hi, I'm Tania. I'm a twin. That's my twin over there. And um, I'm a social media influencer, also part of a R&B group called Set3, and a dancer. So, yeah. Clark Atlanta, of course. Hi, I'm Anaya, and I also go to Clark Atlanta, and um, I'm also a twin. <laughs> and uh, my major is Mass Media Arts with a concentration of radio and television, and I'm also a freshman. And yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at tm.twins. I'm Jade. I do lashes in the Little Five Points Atlanta, and I'm also a creative film um, student at Georgia Film Academy. And I'm Tamariana. I attend the illustrious Clark Atlanta. I'm a sophomore, and I'm I'm a indie music artist, so y'all can check me out. Wow, that's what I love about HBCUs. Everybody like I attend the <laughs> amazing. Yeah, but look, they got me in here with audio pants, man. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much for yeah. that. Oh uh, yes, and I'm I'm Mr. Hanky. And I'm here. And um, you can follow me on um, Instagram at Mr. Hanky B. A M R H A N K Y B E A T. Yes. Uh, yes. 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 Yes.